0: Uh thank you all for not leaving after you've been unhosted. Wanting to stick around for more off topic questions. And Billy. We're gonna Josh is gonna get into the meat and potatoes of it, I guess. I don't know what else to what else to say. Or no, this isn't the I meat mean, and we're, potatoes. We're, we're far This, from is, meat potatoes this, this is we're this is like a random uh banana out of the cupboard or something. I, I don't know at this point, yeah, but this is the midnight snack. <laughs> Is, Something else. Is, <laughs> water with some salt in it. <laughs> okay. If y'all want to start asking questions again, then go for it. I'm I'm recording. I guess if you want to be recorded for Billy, go up first and then I'll make it clear when the recording is not happening anymore. Sounds good. Um we do have some questions before we start the Billy bit. So uh Caden wants to get on stage for his question. That's fine
1: yeah all right okay, so um on the retreat, like at the, on the second night, we got back to our cabin, so we were ta- we started talking about girls and then it turned into theology and then it turned into politics and I um was talking with this one guy, and we sort of got into postmillennialism. and he was definitely not <laughs> post millennial and he was, he was very adamant about like the um Everything is just going to continually get worse until Jesus returns, and I was like, "Where, where did you see that?" Um, and so my main thing would be like, how do you argue for postmillennialism with like the most concise way that you can do it in just like a casual setting, I guess, because it. Yeah, I, I don't. I need like quick, relevant text that I don't have to like dig for and like just. I, I realized that I sort of believe it and then I don't have my own elevator pitch sort of thing for it. Um, yeah. So I, I just look kind of dumb <laughs> at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Well, lo- looking dumb is bad, I guess, but it, being dumb is worse. So let's rectify both. Uh, okay. Um, so. Where I usually go is, well, I, I, I keep the discussion away from Re- Revelation. The reason is because I don't like the fact that eschatology has become defined by our views on the timing of a text in Revelation. <laughs> you know, I don't appreciate that about the way that things have formed. I don't think that's the best way to to talk about it. I don't think it's the best way to ground the conversation. So, because there's so many other claims that the different eschatological views make that it's like, let's, that that a lot of people aren't even consistent with. So if they carry the eschatology out consistently, they would have, why, why did you post that? That is terrifying. (laughs) All right. This, yeah. Those in the recording, you're not missing anything. Um, Yeah, I need to stop watching chat, clearly. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, All right, not watching chat anymore. Um, So I, I, I go to Matthew 28. I go to Matthew 28. And I ask the question, who has all authority in heaven and on earth? Based upon Matthew 28. There's no way around this question. It's pretty darn clear. Jesus says it. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. You go, okay, great. And what is Jesus doing with that authority? What is he doing with it? Is he doing anything with it right now? And what is he doing? And. Now, we answer that question also informs where we head next. Um, in terms of our eschatology, it's it is, is Jesus putting his enemies under his feet? Will he reign until all of his enemies are put under his feet? Or will he reign until until all of his enemies are. It, well, that's the first question. Is he reigning now? Let's say, like, well, if someone has all authority in heaven and on earth, I think that counts as a reign. I think that counts as having a and and there's so many present tense texts describing that the kingdom of God is here. In some sense, it's here. Um, This happens where John the Baptist teaches this to people, says, hey, the kingdom of God is here. It's like, oh, OK. Jesus says the kingdom of God is here. All right. Then it's here. Um. The rule and reign of God. I mean, that's literally what that word means. It's not a physical spatial location because God is ruler over all of the physical spatial locations. <laughs> um, so that's the fundamental question. And a lot of people, no matter their eschatological uh, persuasions, will agree with those statements. Yeah, Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth. Yeah, Jesus is ruling and reigning. And I'm like, okay, great. Then we agree. <laughs> Your post mill, congratulations. <laughs> like that's, I'm not concerned about the, uh, because that's what the, the kind of post mill that I am is that Jesus' return is post the reign of Jesus that he returns with as the Conquering King, he has put all of his enemies under his feet, and then there's a the the, the text that I'm thinking of. Let me actually get it so that that you also have that in your back. So Matthew 28's place, and then, First um, oh. um, Corinthians 15. Let's look at context. 1 Corinthians
1: fifteen, um,
0: starting in verse, starting verse twenty. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn. Christ the first fruits; then at his at his coming, those who belong to him. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father. After, he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign, until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, this clearly does not include the one who has put everything under him and then when all things have been subjected to him then the son himself will be made subject to him who put all things under him so that god may be all in all and then there's this weird thing about baptism for the dead we won't go there um at the moment um but
1: so that was uh first corinthians 15 20 through
0: 28
1: 28 got it yeah.
0: and, and so the argument will be made that, well, the resurrection of the dead is described in verse 23, and then, verse 24, then the end will come. It's like, well, yes, but keep reading. He must reign. Who is reigning currently? The the son is. Is his kingdom current? Yes. Because it says, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom. But it says, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. The way that the other millennial views describe it, um the the, the pre is that the Jesus comes back destroys all of his enemies and then reigns for a while and then there's more enemies and then he destroys all of his enemies it's like well what was he doing in the meantime what was he doing between the ascension when he was granted all authority to rule and the time that he returns to establish his kingdom apparently or was he establishing his kingdom the whole time in between and then he finally comes back and it culminates in the destruction of death and the resurrection of the dead. That's the, the reason I'm post mill is a text like this in Matthew 28, not revelation. <laughs> um, I, I could, yeah, that's, um, so, so it's the, what is Jesus doing with the authority he's been given now? Is he ruling and reigning now? If so, is he doing this right now? And there's other texts that describe this. The um, Hebrews has the same thing in it. Uh, uh, Well, it quotes from the psalm that Paul is thinking about in first corinthians sit at my right hand until i make your enemies a footstool for your feet so it constantly describes jesus as sitting at the right hand of the father right now whenever he's not whenever he gets up from that position that's when he's coming back so what's the timing of when he comes back sit at my right hand until what until i make your enemies a footstool for your feet so are the enemies becoming a footstool for his feet or are they getting stronger and better which is it (laughs) it's like which which which, who who is driving which direction is history driving toward is it toward is it a progressive victory over time or is it a all-in-one-shot victory that's really the question that you're asking um with this uh these the, when you're asking, when you're thinking through the eschatology thing, just throw out the like, let's go to Revelation 20, 19 and 20 and talk about the millennium kingdom. Like, just throw that out of your mind. That's not where you go. Just don't know. Stop. Who's ruling and reigning over heaven and earth? Who's establishing his kingdom? Who's putting his enemies under his feet? If, if the answer is Jesus. Your post mill, congratulations. Like, that's. <laughs> There you go, but that, okay. a, those are the kinds of places that I go if I'm elevator mode, where someone's just like, "Why? Why are you this? Why, why are you the way that you are?" And I'll be like, "There's why." Um, yeah. Um,
1: okay, so there's. Would you say there's no point at which you bring revelation into the picture, and and like how does revelation like actually fit in if it, that's not what we're going for?
0: That's a longer question, which is why I didn't go there. Or that's a longer answer. That's a much longer answer. That's a, I need a whole series of tropical study nights to get through it. Answer. Okay. because that's, That was mostly his
1: thing was he was like, yeah, no revelation. He was talking about the tribulation and how it's going to
0: get so difficult. And, and that's why I don't go there. Because if if you ever just point out to someone like this book is way more complex and complicated and harder to read than these straightforward texts. So let's let's go from the clear and allow it to understand and interpret the unclear, or the less clear, not unclear. We, we use clear text to help us understand less clear text. Now, if he thinks that Matthew 28 and 1 Corinthians 15 and Hebrews 1 are ambiguous, more ambiguous than Revelation is... <laughs> then that's his personal thing. And I'm not going to fight someone who just wants to believe that. At that point, it's like you are so committed to your eschatology as you're going to die on that hill, then go for it because it doesn't mean you don't believe the gospel. It doesn't mean you're not a brother. And so I'm not going to fight you about this. If they insist on fighting about it, I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not. (laughs) It's not worth the time and the effort at that point. Um, but if they're if they're will if they both if we both have a strong commitment to scripture and its authority, then okay, let's the, the, the we can have this conversation and we can go to these texts and we can talk about them and see, all right. And, and it does matter. It's not that it's not it doesn't matter, but I'm not gonna brawl with somebody that I met at a retreat <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> like over yeah. this for hours. Like I, I'm just not, Um, it's just not worth it.
1: Okay. And so I guess last part of this before we move on, uh, he then, I then proceeded that to like use, I used my postmodernism to justify my theonomy. And he was like, well, that's every a time
0: I, silly thing.
1: Well, I mean like my, sorry, my theonomy, I, sorry. I mean like, it, we move from post to theonomy because they're sort of related because like the reason why i like i think eventually we will live in a pretty strong theonomy because i'm a post um and because we're just po- talking about politics and every time i try to talk about that everyone's like that will never work because it never has worked and like the, it's humans are too corrupted to rule in a way consistent with god's word so we just need to abandon it
0: entirely and try to be as neutral. as do what? Just try to <laughs> let those same corrupted humans not have guidance. From, like, Do they realize what they're saying when they say that? It's like because they're so corrupt, rather than try to rule according to God's standards, they should just do whatever they want. It's
2: like, what? Do you
0: realize what you just said? You shot yourself in your in, the, in your foot. Sorry, I interrupted your thought process, but I was just.
1: <laughs> well, it, usually it's something about like religious freedom and the separation of church and state.
0: That which... just means they don't understand theonomy.
1: Right. Yeah. You're
0: presenting it to them in a way that they're getting that impression like that, that's possible. But.
2: Huh. Well, um... I'm like,
1: trying to clarify that, especially since the other day when you when you said something. Um, Whenever I talk about it, I'm like, I'm not proposing theocracy, and I do think that the church shouldn't be getting handouts from the government, Um, but they don't seem to understand. (laughs) They don't seem to quite get their mind. Well, yeah, because
0: all all they can hear is the first thing that you said. You know, it's it's, we can make qualifications so we're blue in the face, um, and it just doesn't matter to people. Uh, Question from... The chat real quick, which you could still hang out if you have more follow up. But how do these beliefs change the way we live one way or the other? How does your eschatology change the way you live? Um, well, for me, it helped a lot with the melancholy and fear bits. Um, so the, the, the use of it in my own life has been a. Uh, kind of. Bringing more concrete reality. To the sovereignty of God, um, that His rule and reign over history is that that he, He's He's not just He's not just leaving this big gap between the ascension of Jesus and the return of Jesus, where we just all do whatever we want, sure. but that He is bringing everything along this uh, path toward that return of Jesus that it's the culmination. It's the end point of a longer story. It's the end point of this uh, longer historical narrative that God is telling in which Jesus conquers his enemies. And it's like one of Jesus's enemies is the sinful remnants of my heart. (laughs) And so there's a lot of those texts bring me so much encouragement and hope of he's going to, he's going to get them one way or another um so that's that's how it changes the way i live i guess it it helps encourage me to fight hard and trust in christ which is mm. kind of yeah um <clears throat> anyway um hmm.
1: so what i'm hearing is avoid sociological debates with people that you just met
0: one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say you have to avoid it. I'm saying don't take them too seriously. Okay. It, it, if you've gone over an hour with someone you just again, you know, someone you just met, it's you, you you need to get to know each other a bit cuz you you're getting off on the wrong foot probably. Now, I I will qualify that with this uh a really dear and good brother who became a good friend uh during my internship in, in Michigan we met over an eschatological debate at Taco Bell because he heard I wasn't uh, pre-millennial down the grapevine. I was the new intern at the church. And so he confronts me. They they invite <laughs> me out to lunch, him and some other guys, and they confront me over some Taco Bell about my eschatology. <laughs> I, I wasn't even post-mill yet at the time. I, I, I consider myself optimistic on millennial at, at that time. Um, which was basically post (laughs) it was just not it was just not refined uh, in the way that I've I've learned a lot more about it now I still haven't learned everything about it but um, I'm more confident in the position I have now and my in my ability to argue for it but there was yeah Um, but we argued for a while and he didn't agree with me by the end of the conversation, but he saw that I was, I did, I came to the position I did because of a commitment to scripture and trying to handle it rightly. Um, And I blew his mind when I pointed out that he doesn't interpret scripture literally in most places, the way that he was saying the way that he was using literal. I was like, so God has wings. And he was like, Oh wait, and it's, it's like a cheap shot, but it was like, dude, you don't, most of the time you're not doing the thing that you're wanting to do over here. Uh, you're being inconsistent. Um, but we ended up being friends. So, and, and it started from that. So, you know, sometimes yeah. <laughs> you, you you don't know. But I but I also, again, I didn't take it that seriously. I didn't get mad at him. Like, he was getting super mad at me and he ended up apologizing later. Like, he got really mad at me. And I didn't get mad. And that also was kind of the the way that the friendship was able to start was, uh, okay. Like, Hey, yeah, I forgive you. It's cool. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you're zealous about it, but not the way that we should do things.
1: Right. Um, yeah. We were up to like two in the morning because because of that. Yeah. (laughs) It was not not healthy.
0: (laughs) Nothing good happens after a certain point. Um, Nobody's thinking clearly anymore. I've had those in college. I I know. Uh, (laughs) christian retreats and stuff how how that goes um debate people till two in the morning (laughs) i get it
1: yeah so all right i'll step down from the stage and then we can move to billy i I think i want to do a billy thing tonight because it's been a minute but i'll let other people go first
0: okay sounds good uh any other questions before i move on to the next thing All right, no questions. <laughs> uh, wait,
2: I have a typer.
0: Wait, we might have questions. We'll see if they're real. <laughs> and now people are just typing because they want to bamboozle me into thinking that they're typing questions because they do this all the time. <clears throat> Sirac isn't here. But how is he typing? <laughs> oh, he's oh, he's not here but he's typing. <laughs> he's not in the he's not listening but he's typing. Oh. <laughs> uh Do I have any new book recommendations? I have not read a single book this month. I know shocking uh i haven't finished one i should say I've, I've been reading some things but i haven't finished anything this month um which puts me way behind on any of my reading goals which this happens to me every year i'll there'll be certain months where i just don't read things and it happens um but i'm reading the bible and so that's sufficient um Is mere Christianity worth reading? Yes and no. Yes and uh, <laughs> reading with a discerning eye—it's worth it. Uh, I I think I, I I love so much of what C.S. Lewis has written. He's at his best when he's not doing formal theology. His fiction is better theology than his nonfiction works do. Um, And he opens Mere Christianity with, I'm not a theologian. And you have to keep that in mind while you're reading it. There are many times that he'll say things that he finds intuitive, but he has no grounding in scripture for, and so you should not believe them. So read it with a discerning eye. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, If you want to read a Lewis book that I do find compelling and good uh weight of glory is a collection of essay or not essays um lectures weight of glory has a lot of really good stuff in it um what's the other one that's really good Uh, but yeah Uh, back to the original question of just good things to read Uh, there's a little book called Humility by uh, Humility a Forgotten Virtue I'm blanking on its name Wayne Mack by Wayne Mack that book is very good. Very good. If you're just looking, like you said, for simple faith growth, it's a short book. It's an easy to read book. It's a very good book. Um, I would recommend that one highly, especially to a young enterprising man like yourself. Um, man of the House by C.R. Wiley. Also, I've heard that's good, but I've never read it. So you'd be going off Cadman's recommendation. Yeah, industrious, enterprising, whatever. Look, you you get stuff done, man. I I, I see you working and things. <laughs> you know what that means. Good. Uh, it's all good. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'd humility. Um. As a, a, a good easy again to. Get into. Uh Kierkegaard, yes or no. Uh same answer I gave to Lewis, yes and. Uh Kierkegaard has a lot of really good insights into some things, but he again just in the same way that Lewis did, he's at his best when he's not doing a very formal. Hi, I am Kierkegaard uh, writings, Uh, most of his writings. So you need to know this before you read them, because if you just buy one of his books, it doesn't tell you this, which you you might know this. um, If you're already familiar with his name, you might know this, but you might not. He has he has several pseudonyms. And each of those pseudonyms would write from a different worldview. Often a non-Christian one. On purpose. To show. That that worldview had no water to it. So if you find yourself agreeing. With any of his pseudonyms. You're. You're going in the wrong direction. <laughs> um, but I, I found his uh, work. Um, works of love. Uh, which is a collection, I think, of of essays and some other things and some writings. Um, I liked that one a long time ago, so I don't know if I would like it today. It's been a long time since I read Kierkegaard, but my only Christian professor in my undergrad was a Kierkegaard scholar. He was the treasurer treasurer of the Kierkegaard Society. Um, like that was that's his jam, and so he had us writing papers on Kierkegaard constantly. So I read a ton of Kierkegaard in college. Um, and I benefited from a lot of things. He set me in a good direction. But if I had followed all of his stuff to the letter, I'd, I'd be in a weird, weird theological camp at this point because he was in a weird place. Um, and it wasn't all his fault. The church at his time was very compromised. And so he was kind of just floating in the water by himself, especially in the place where he lived. And that's a lot of what he was responding to. Um, this is a collection of a lot of his polemical statements Called provocations. That's really good. Uh, anyway, that's Kierkegaard, I guess. Uh, Screw letters is good. Like I said, Lose's fiction is way better than his nonfiction. Read all of his fiction; it's good. Don't again, but it's fiction, so don't take it as gospel truth. You know, don't take it as scripture. Um, I highly recommend any of C.S. Lewis's fiction works. All right. Well, I think we're ready. So for those who, are there anyone here who has not been here? For Billy time, I don't think so. I think, every, yeah, everyone. Uh, well, maybe we have one member. Well, not yeah, for Billy time. All right. So what we're about to do is, uh, we we did this last year, taught through evangelism and apologetics, um, and we do practice. So it's obviously not a real conversation. It's not how real conversations will always go. I'm going to be a bit hyperbolic in the way I present things, but I will be playing the fool playing the unbeliever and other folks will come in and engage with me. So there's artificialness to it where we're just immediately going at it, where you don't do that with a real person most of the time anyway. Um, but the goal and purpose is to one, have a bit of fun. Uh, but the priority purpose is to, um, so I, I got distracted by the, the trying to understand what that was. That the was the, the, the not cat, uh, the unexpected not cat post. Um, it got me. Um, So the, the 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 primary purpose is to give practice in one just actually dis- having a disagreement with someone in real time and thinking on your feet and then trying to think biblically and apply things that we taught last year uh heavily in a real uh not real but in, in a as real as we can get it setting before you actually go and do it um because the inevitable reality is that if you engage with an unbeliever about their worldview and yours and to share, in order to share the gospel with them, there will be conflict. There will be a collision, so to speak, uh, to make a reference, um, between the two worldviews and that, and, and working through that in real time with someone in conversation is a thing. Okay, that being said, if that even made any sense, I'm beginning to lose sensibility. And so it's good that I will be now stepping into the shoes of people who are not sensible at all. Uh, I will take requests. If you would like to engage with a specific variant of Billy, you can choose, since I don't have the brain power to make that decision at the moment. <laughs> Um that's a good idea. I I know exactly the kind of personality that that would be. But yeah, so if, if you want to go, uh if you want to go and it and be on the recording, line up first. And then if you don't want to be recorded, but do want to give it a try, just let us know and we'll do that at the end. I'm going to try to keep these a bit shorter um, for the sake of time. Hello, sir. Welcome back.
3: This better not be the Billy I had last time.
0: <laughs> I don't remember which one. That what was it the transgender one? Yes. All right. Do you have any special requests of, of a kind of Billy you would like to encounter? If there's someone in, you know, in real life that, that you're one. thinking about, or you know, um because I can probably play the role of someone. Uh, if you just describe their worldview briefly
3: i'm not sure i was forced to go up it's all jack's fault Um, oh don't do it if you don't want to Hmm. um okay worldview um a uh, uh a nietzschean social darwinist um who believes in eugenics
0: oh oh my literally hitler okay Yes. <laughs> you want me to be Can literally Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, okay. My best Hitler impression coming right up. I uh, said, so I will not do a German accent. That's offensive to the Germans. They're trying to not be Hitler. Unfortunately, they're.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: back in the day. I uh, took three years of German in college. I don't remember like, a lick of it. Haven't used it since. It's so. good. Alright. Um so I'm a Nietzschean Darwinist Eugenics.
3: Social Darwinist.
0: Right, which is
3: like eugenics.
0: Yeah, right. Which is horrifying. Okay. Man, I could combine this with okay, I'm gonna combine this with boneless's idea. This is even better.
3: No, wait, was it, I, I if I saw Bowdless's idea correctly, I, I've this not. This is been... literally
0: every anime villain as well. Oh
3: no, okay. This is perfect. <laughs> what have all I All right.
0: No, I, am not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Cause I, I, it's, it's bad. I mean, I could just yell Dio over and over again or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you could All right. So, uh, we'll get started. Um. Well, uh, Joel, I'm glad that you appear to be a straight white male because those are the only ones that should exist and we should kill the rest.
3: Okay, but how will we procreate without women?
0: Um, Those are are the the only males that should exist. And once we figure out uh, how to create test tube babies, then we kill the women as well. Oh. Is they only okay. useful for, for procreation?
3: Um, okay. First of all, I don't think I don't. Here's the thing, Billy. I don't think that's right because number one, killing people isn't right. Why? Okay, because um, it's it's destroying a a a div- divine uh pre- creation, something that was like. Uh, uh, you know, you know, hand tailored, you know, imagine making a really nice vase and spending a lot of time on it. And then, uh, uh, you know, it gets beat up by another vase and gets smashed, you know? Look,
0: nothing personnel kid, but God is dead and we have killed him. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh,
3: ah, okay. I see. That's a funny line. um, <clears throat> Here's the thing, uh, I I don't think so. Uh, well, why?
0: I you still believe in God in current year? Wow.
3: Yes. What why a nerd. Do. Um, because it's uh pretty cool, and um you know
0: uh you believe in God because it's pretty cool. So you think <laughs> that? So you're against me committing genocide, but you're totally cool with your God. Who commits genocide.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, well that that he has he has a good good reason, and it's not necessarily a great good. reason. Could you give me an example of uh what you believe to be considered the genocide?
0: Uh so when God commanded the Israelites to go into Canaan and wipe out every single person in the land.
3: Mm-hmm. It had to be cleansed.
0: Yeah, and I'm doing this I'm just trying to
3: cleanse the world. I don't see the difference. Okay, but you don't have divine authority. Well, I do now because God is dead.
0: <clears throat> we are the only we are, we are the gods of this world because there is no god above us.
3: Uh yeah. Um no. Uh Well, just telling me no doesn't make it true. I'm trying to think of an angle because I can think of angles and I can think of the responses you could have to them. Um there's uh I'm looking for a gap or a way in um So yeah, um t- tell me a bit about your uh your plans for uh uh you know society once once everything's gone once all well,
0: the I mean everything isn't gone so the 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 goal is to weed out everyone who isn't This is a joke, Spotify. This is a joke. This is a joke. This is a joke. (laughs) Uh, Everyone who isn't straight, white, male. Yeah. Um, So eventually you you progress the human race through forced evolution until they can subsist on their own. And so the superior... so That's already, genetically and evolutionarily speaking, the superior persons are already straight white men, and so we need more of them to push evolution in a progressive direction and eliminate the different uh, other humans who are holding it back. Um, So killing them is the most efficient way to do this, and then it keeps the human race going and also uh, perpetuates um, the evolutionary process and and keeps it moving forward in a, again, progressing toward its end goal.
3: Okay, so that's that's your only goal is to the progression of the human race i mean what else would it be okay but if you have a goal you would define it as something you are striving towards um correct yes that is what a goal is so um have you read beyond good and evil i do read know it i wrote it arguments <laughs> oh so you are <laughs> okay uh, um, we're,
0: we're we're trying to create the ubermensch out here
3: yeah uh so uh, e- even though so you believe there's an ideal but you don't believe there is a, a good you just believe the ideal is 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 progress rather than uh good Well, it's like morality. The the ideal is whatever
0: I want. And I want this. Okay. And I'm Um, asserting
3: my power in the world to get it. Trying to find a way in. Bruh. (laughs) It's like a carapace. Okay. There's an easy Uh,
0: way. I can't believe that, that you know Jack in real life. You don't know this. Dude, there's a button what? you haven't pressed
3: jack tell me tell me What? what's a button i haven't pressed um i'm thinking okay i'm thinking
0: <laughs> wait is the sirax still not okay yes yeah, he's actually in here now okay honey <laughs> he wasn't in here it was Take your time and think. It's okay. So let me remind everyone about this thing. It is okay, even if the other person is speaking immediately and responding immediately to everything that you say and speaking quickly, it is okay to pause and say, give me a moment to think. A slow answer is better than a hasty one that is wrong. (laughs)
3: Anyway, who who was I forget who said that it's uh better, better to uh say nothing and be thought I don't know, that's not important. Uh, sign of weakness, okay. Yeah, the, the, the
0: Bible says it, by the way. I was paraphrasing the Proverbs, but
3: um. Is that a hint? Is by what standard a, uh tend to become theologically liberal? I believe that there's one major reason: people have gone, no longer have the approval of the world. Okay. So uh, we have, we have two minutes. So Nietzsche, trade the other people up. Yep. To, uh tell me a bit about yourself been doing any reading lately i'm just stalling uh i'm on the internet right now it's pretty cool i don't i don't think you have the internet back then and i also think you died of syphilis
0: look we don't talk about that okay Uh, choices were made but they weren't good
3: ones you had like a brain rotting disease and you you literally melted away uh, and yep and people still teach
0: me in schools speech. as part of their philosophical game. Oh, okay. it's so, amazing
3: <clears throat> if um should you have been killed after your uh your your purpose had been been served uh and like after your brain started melting away and you couldn't really do anything anymore oh absolutely okay yep worthless waste of space okay i'm gonna tap out
0: all right thanks for giving it a shot um for those who <laughs> were spamming the buy what so the button i was talking about is the buy what standard button and you don't press this willy-nilly or all the time because some guys do this and it's annoying but the biggest question they could have asked me when i was presenting all of those insane ideas um, is to turn it back on myself, and you started to do this at the end there. Um, and honestly, when you're talking to someone like that who is so committed to just a nihilistic, dead end worldview perspective like that, it it even pressing your "Buy with Standard" button doesn't end well most of the time because they'll just be like, "I don't care." Um, but. It at least demonstrates that they have no grounding principle for their their perspective on the world. So I kept I was giving you hints when I kept saying that progress was the goal. Progress according to who? Well, according to me. But what if someone stronger than me comes along and kills me and decides there's a new progress goal? Well, all of my work is now irrelevant. Everything that I built my life on is done and in the dirt and none of it mattered. And I yeah, it's it's really easy with a nihilist to show them that they're a nihilist. If they're self-conscious nihilist, <laughs> they will be like, yeah, there nothing matters and I'm just going to die at the end of it. So I'm just trying to make the best of it. And it's like, that's depressing and awful. And it's like, well, because there's no God. And then you have an obligation at that point to then begin to show them that there is one. And and so it's that they, they do know God exists, in fact, and what they're doing right now is suppressing the truth and righteousness. Here's what God's word says about the worldview they're articulating. The murder in their heart is wicked. Uh, their heart is deceitful, things like that. So bringing God's word into it on the positive side is where you go. But someone who's that committed to just you're heading right in the right direction at the end there. Um, it's like, yeah, someone. Yeah, when when I'm useless, they should just kill me, according to my own standards. Uh, how do these kinds of people respond to the suffering of the chosen race group, etc.? They well, for a nihilist, it, it's it's just part of the struggle to generate the ubermensch. So it's, it's actually good because um, evolutionary process requires the weaker people to be killed off. And so those who suffer are just considered weak and you ignore them and the strong survive survival of the fittest that's that's how they would consistently respond to it <clears throat> but all right who's next cademan's next
1: all right
0: uh Quick question from the chat. So even the white straight male who suffers is weaker. Yeah. So like he would be the weaker among the white straight male. So he would still be favored over okay. someone who wasn't that in terms of giving him aid to survive, to perpetuate the gene pool and things like that. But if there was a choice that had to be made between him and someone who wasn't suffering and who was stronger then they just let the person suffer and die and whatever. And that's consistent eugenic, nihilistic Nietzschean philosophy. Would do that. But they usually don't because they're not consistent. I was being consistent, which is why it was so alarming, the things I was saying. All right. Gavin, uh, Do you have any requests on the Billy you would like to face?
1: I do. I'm gonna let you blindly pick it. So I've got option one and option two. Which one are you choosing?
0: Oh, oh, I see. Uh, coin toss. Uh, two.
1: Okay, so you are deconstructionist, Billy. You are deconstructing your Christianity. Optimum
0: oh man! <laughs> if we were, yeah. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll tell you later, but um, Okay, sure Let's do it Uh, I'll open with a classic line Um, You know, reading my Bible lately And I I love the words of Jesus But I'm deeply suspicious of Paul
1: Hmm Interesting
0: he, he, he just talks in the, in these ways about, about women, um, even about men. He, he just, he, he makes this like macho Christianity. And I just see it as being really harmful to the church and to, you know, like if, if, if I could imitate a more lispy effeminate voice, I would. And, um, that kind of thing you know if i the more we, we need to embrace the whole image of god in us which includes the feminine as well and i you know i i was i was uh, caught up in the new calvinist movement back in the early 2000s and early 2010s and I, I was you know had a beard and flannel shirts and smoked cigars and did all that and It it just it was so toxic. It was such toxic masculinity. And and now that I've been exposed, started listening to my sisters in Christ and started listening to uh, oppressed and minority groups. And and just it's really changed the way I, I read my Bible.
1: Okay, so what exactly of Paul's sayings do you find toxic or suspicious that you would? Regard his so what exactly is it that you read that was uh setting off your alarms about paul?
0: well you know i I don't allow a woman to speak or uh the woman was deceived first, or you have to give conjugal rights to each other or you know just things like that, especially yeah, especially the things about women. he just seems like a misogynist. And God is not a misogynist. Um, okay, so if God
1: is not a misogynist, what is misogyny, and how does God show that He's not your definition of whatever misogyny is?
0: Well, because well, God by definition can't be, because misogyny would be a, a a male who identifies as male, discriminating against or you know um, a a female who identifies as female, and and God. Uh, is neither of those so he, he can't because he's not male he identifies male he he's uh queer you know
1: okay where does it where can you draw the inference that god is queer
0: well he makes man and woman in his image right ah. which means that there's masculine and feminine you know uh traits of some kind in god All
1: both right, let genders me turn, let me turn to genesis 1 so we can look at the deeper implications of men and women being made in God's image, and um, what exactly that means, because um, man and women—so men and women are both made in the image of God—but um, they are made distinctly, and God chooses to reveal Himself in a way that brings on male connotations. He refers to the to Himself in the Trinity as the Father and as the Son. He does not take gender-neutral terms. Um, uh, Who's the he? God. He. Yahweh God. The fourth
0: person of the Trinity? Come on, dude.
1: The the, the second person. I said the second person and the first person of the Trinity.
0: Well, you you said that he refers to himself as...
1: Yeah, God refers to himself as he.
0: Yeah, you, you said God refers to himself as the... It seemed like you were introducing a fourth person of the Trinity
1: no no no. i just so no so for clarification when i say god i mean the whole the trinity as a whole the one in um substance and if i'm referring to a different person that's one of the three persons of the Trinity. so god is the trinity as a whole for the purposes of this conversation and
0: the three persons so how do you know there's only three how do you know there's not a mother (laughs) because and and how do you know the spirit's masculine
1: so here's here's the thing though. How do you know that any of those other things are true? I have God's word to tell me that God is three and one, that he refers to himself by masculine pronoun that he is well um,
0: there's plenty of other Bible books that refer to God in feminine terms,
1: right. but do those have that that what gives those books authority over the scriptures?
0: Well, I no they. Uh, the 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 books in the Bible. There's the the section where Jesus talks about gathering the like, like a mother hen under his wings in the Gospels, gathering the people of Israel. He, he um, Jesus washes the feet of his disciples, which is a role that was uh, exclusive to women. Um, things like that, where Jesus is even. As a man is behaving in what we would now see as non male identifying as male terms
1: well the 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 so the thing about the mother hen the key word there is like like i it doesn't it is not an i am feminine uh, and you also have about two instances to go against the entire rest of the bible um for instance, Yahweh is a warrior, Yahweh is his name and um exodus 15 uh is a good example where god definitely shows well of
0: course their... a patriarchal society understood god in masculine terms
1: well the beauty of it is that the universe is patriarchal in its design and in its intention And the bible well, of course
0: you think that because you're a man who identifies as male sorry i didn't mean to assume
1: <laughs> well i How think good. that not just because I'm a man, but because the Bible as a whole, you you would be right to say that the Bible as a whole is patriarchal. But the real question is, why is patriarchy a bad thing?
0: Well, I don't think the Bible as a whole is patriarchal. I think that the Gospels are not at all. I think Jesus upends the patriarchy so much. He, he subverts it. He's uh, bringing women into his circle of disciples. He, they're the first ones to see him rise from the dead, and they're the ones who carry the account to to the disciples. Um, they have to just believe them in so many ways. And, um, you see women being involved in leadership in the church, in the book of Acts. So I think that Jesus is upending the patriarchy, uh, that the thing that you're having a hard time with is that you think that the old Testament is just pure fact when it's the people of Israel understanding who God is according to God is accommodating himself to them, and then they're interpreting that and writing it down. and And so they're a patriarchal society. So that's what the way they under they have to understand God that way because they have no other category. But we today have other categories to understand Him. And he's shown us that in jesus and um and in our own relationships with other people, we can listen to women now. we they they can speak and and we can hear them
1: well, they can the hear trick-
0: the voice of the woman and listen to it.
1: The tricky thing about that, though, is that in Jesus' time, he doesn't upend the patriarchy. He just replaces the chief end of the patriarchy with a different patriarch, um, with himself. So the universe is a as a whole is a patriarchy. The the difficulty in Jesus' day is that man had um, instated his own his own sort of. Uh, that the Pharisees had taken their own interpretation law and made it into their God. And so they had made themselves at the top of the patriarchy. Um, but Jesus just comes to displace that. And, and he comes to reign until as it says in the first Corinthians, so all as his enemies are put under his feet and all authority on heaven and on earth is given to him in Matthew, um, in Matthew 28. So, the New Testament isn't getting rid of the patriarchy. It's changing the patriarch to to Jesus. And Jesus is, and I'll grant this that Jesus's way of doing patriarchy is markedly and remarkably different than the old ways. but that doesn't change the fact that um, that like God is a consistent God across both the old and the New Testament. there's no there's no Old Testament God versus New Testament God.
0: Um, oh, I, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that the ways that we understand the Old Testament. See, us in the West, we just have a really hard time understanding like the way that they think and the breadth and uh, of, of imagery being used and that they weren't trying to report just facts to us. And when we take it so literally and read it in such a wooden Western way, we end up coming up with this patriarchal system. And then you reading that onto Jesus, like I was saying earlier, Jesus is being very queer. And so if, if, if he's the king of the universe, then he's also the queen.
1: The question, though, is is how can you know that your interpretational standard is the right one and that a patriarchal one is not? What standard can you appeal to, to, to look to, to the gospels and interpret them in an effeminate and, um, feminist or,
0: well, what's uh, your standard for interpreting scripture? Scripture. That's circular. You can't do that.
1: Well, if you think about it, a lot of the assumptions that you make about the universe at a fundamental level are circular if you asked a rationalist how they thought they could understand the universe, they would say reason. Um, and we believe in a self and um, cons- a consistent and self authenticating word of God. That is um, that, that was can-
0: controlled by men for hundreds of hundreds of years. It's transmission and translation. It well, has no input from women. And so you're just Hmm. trusting that it's right. Do you you know Greek and Hebrew? Like, well, no, these people blindly.
1: No, I don't. I don't trust them blindly. But I do believe that God, who is a consistent and sovereign God, does ordain and protect the if God is going to speak to us. And and I think and first of all, can we both assume that God has spoken to us? Is that an assumption that you are making here? Well, I, I
0: think he speaks to me often, but not not the way that I think you're talking about. See, I, I used to be where you are, you know, and, and I and I used to care so much about these same kinds of things and make the same kind of arguments, and I was into all that. I, I know what you're doing. You're doing the the presuppositional bit. You're doing the hit me with that. I'm, I'm by what standard? And it's it's so arrogant and just mean spirited. And that's not how we win people to Jesus. We we have to be nice to them. We have to love them, and you you know you'll understand. You know when you get older, you mature. You you actually try to help people and see they're hurting, and and you just see that if God actually loves them, then we can't treat people the way that you're doing things right now.
1: Well, here's here's the problem, though. You're imposing a standard of love upon God that is external to him. And in 1 John, John says that God is love. So anything that proceeds from God definitionally must be love. So if God were to do something, it must therefore be loving. So to what you're doing here is taking your standards of what is considered loving or what is considered right. And holding god to it and because god doesn't measure up to what you have decided is not loving or not right um you've you've gone and said well he's not loving and if if, if everything is if the universe runs according to your um almighty and omniscient standards of love then yeah i guess but the the trick here is that god's word is the standard and so um when god describes himself he is giving us the pattern for love. So in a way, patriarchy is the pattern of love. In a patriarchy where the head wears a crown of thorns, that's what Jesus is trying to teach us. And so God is, you're you are trying to impose these external standards on God, but where can you even get these standards to impose upon him? Your feelings, your feelings are unreliable. They change by the moment, like you were just talking. you You used to be like me, used to have these different thoughts. But here you are now in such a different place. What tells you that you can trust the wiles and swings of your emotion? Because clearly they've led you to different places in the past. What makes you think that um, your, you know, rationality can deduce it from any other and other place? Like what what makes other people's definitions and expressions of love more reliable? the 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 difference here is that I'm appealing to a foundational authority to define God. And that defines his love. And so everything is self-contained and it's consistent. Um, and I'm not imposing an external standard. Like you talked about
0: us. You're and- imposing your straight, white, male, patriarchal interpretations on everyone else. And this is why we have problems and oppression and misogyny. And this is why the feminists need to rise up. Together we will fight the patriarchy. But, but Good job listen <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up there yeah, now your last thing was I I have no response to it obviously um yeah. <laughs> no that was excellent.
3: <laughs> I just
0: <laughs> felt yeah. the need to <laughs> conclude with something insane because that that will happen sometimes um when there's no response to a very calmly made clear cogent statement that's often when the emotions boil, they rise up. And it's this, you are what's wrong with the world and they're going to let you know it and they're going to let you have it. And you didn't get mad at me. You didn't respond, uh, hastily or in anger. So good job. And, um, just thinking about the first time you did this versus this time that you did it. I hope that you can see and go back and listen to it. if, If you want to the progress that you've made since then, um, it's awesome and praise God for it. And, uh, keep keep going it's good thank you all right i have time for maybe one more do we have anyone else in the how many people do we have who wanted to go still if any if none i'm happy to just close it down be done um grace wants to go One second. Okay. that one hurt way more than the Nietzsche things because the Nietzsche things were like comically evil but that one I was saying things that I I literally listened to just a few days ago and did responses to so (laughs) that was that was difficult There you go. It's real. Let me see, actually. When did those go up? So a lot of the arguments that I made in there uh, will go up. A video I made about Jesus transgendering himself uh, because that was real. People actually said that the thing, the arguments I were making actually came out of someone's mouth. Uh, and I responded to it recently, did a whole video on it, but it comes out on February 2nd. So I just try not to release it all on the same day. Cause it's like, if I do that, it's just overload, but I got a bunch of stuff coming out this week. So yeah, part two to the other videos coming out tomorrow as well. But, yeah, people actually said those things. I wasn't just making things up on the spot, which made it hard to say. Uh, your hand is up. I don't know that I can, I cannot let you in. I don't have the authority. Oh, wait, now, now I can. Maybe? Unknown error. I don't know what's happening. I'm trying to let you in. I hit invite to speak. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. It's usually so instantaneous. Hello? Am I going deaf? Is there someone here?
1: Yeah, He's not here. Uh, well, there finally. You he finally got him. <laughs> okay.
2: Oh, It takes so long for me to move up. It's because I'm on a browser and like OVP and I have slows down my internet considerably on my computer, but it's fine.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Understood.
2: All right. Do you have any requests? Uh no also just a warning my brain's been all wacky for the past couple uh days so just uh just just in case i say something that ain't quite right
0: all right um sounds good well, i will just be billy and you'll find out along the way
2: okay um, what's the spelling yep. and Gustin probably wants to know huh what's the spelling Gustin probably wants to know uh it's just slightly quirky it's it's it's
0: the same as normal but there's one l oh, okay yeah his parents thought they were being creative um well they weren't <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh let me think of how to explain this in a way that makes it hmm. Uh... yeah no i am having trouble finding a way to start this give me a moment
2: that's another reason i wanted to caveman to go first so your brain would be slower hey (laughs) that's that was actually smart
0: (laughs) i am slower now big brain time uh ah hello sir have you tried oh, the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy 14 as a free trial that includes its first expansion
2: Heavensward? Um I I can't say I have uh, Well, are you trying to sell me something or No,
0: I, I'm not. I I'm I'm just it's it's the best game ever made and everyone should play it.
2: Okay. So, have okay. you seen
0: the critically acclaimed anime Attack on Titan? It's pretty good.
2: Actually, I have. It's it's actually really good. The new intro they made is so cool. It's like they had metal in it and all that stuff.
0: Well, I, I'm sorry, but in, until you play Final Fantasy 14, you don't get to like Attack on Titan. Okay. Okay. Um.
2: Well, have o- you tried? only
0: only the, the the coolest, strongest, most chadliest men can like. The things that I like. And until you look like all the things I like.
2: Yeah. Well, then you
0: can't like any of them.
2: Well, I got a question for you.
0: While you were studying. To be a police officer. I was studying the blade.
2: <laughs> well, I have a question. For, for you. Yes. <laughs> you, you said. Uh, you said. Um. Uh, what did you say? You said uh, it's the best thing ever, but uh, I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, not not on a uh, level of um, you know video games or whatnot. But uh, I, I I think Jesus is the best thing ever personally, and I <laughs> think not just personally, Jesus, but absolutely
0: fairy tale sky daddies. <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine believing in that when you can have anime waifus. <laughs>
2: Huh. I mean, bet you're a prude. I don't even know what that means. Are you call me old. Anywho, um, you're the one talking about uh actual fiction. Are you? So, so are you. <laughs> so, so you think it's fiction against fiction? Yes. Okay. So, uh, what do you think? Say, from a more historical standpoint, um, all the documents we have, of the Not just New Testament, but also uh, eyewitness accounts, which are, well, declared in or talked about in the New Testament, but just even um, accounts of Jesus uh, from people who were actually opposed to Christ.
0: Are you familiar with the lectures of Richard Carrier? Uh, I can't say I am. Well, he's demonstrated time and time again, if you actually go and, you know, watch anything related to this, which you should have already done before you talk to me. I can't believe you spoke to me without watching these things beforehand.
2: Forgive me, forgive me.
0: But. uh, uh, If you go and watch, he's demonstrated time and time again that all of the things that you call historical eyewitness accounts are simply mythology. They have the same semblance of mythology. They. Are a Christian mythology derived and established to control the populace—a brilliant strategy, I would say so myself, and I too have done this many a time uh, uh, among the less intellectual types in my friend groups.
2: Uh, what do you mean by Christian mythology?
0: It's mythology. That's that that they, that.
2: So, you believe, so,, you're saying that you so you're saying that the historical accounts of not just Christians but of non-Christians about Christ are 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 propagations for Christianity, even though they were directly opposed to Christianity.
0: No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the stories about Jesus are Christian mythology. They're like Greek like saying Greek mythology is distinguished from Egyptian mythology. You have Christian mythology. And it's the same kind of thing. Okay. Dying anyway, and rising God and all of that nonsense. It's it's ha- it's been told. stories has been told over and over again. They're all the same.
2: So are you are you, so you're are you affirming Jesus existed in the first place? Or are you are you more someone who falls line that? Uh, oh, he's he an absolute myth. You. He doesn't exist. So you're ignoring the second half of my argument. What was that again? That there's non Christians that write about Jesus uh that were against christ so if they were against christ why would they be propagating myths of christ
0: oh those are later documents created by the catholic church in order to try to manipulate people with this argument that you're now using
2: against me do you have proof of that do you have proof against it not on hand well then
0: we seem to be at an impasse my friend shall we settle this with the blade
2: Oh man, I don't know if you actually would just want to go to bed or <laughs> breaking the fourth wall here, but, um, well, I don't think we're an entire impasse because you still ain't trusting in Christ. Um, cause it's more to it than just this. Uh, so you seem to frame your whole life or forgive me for assuming, tell me if I'm wrong, but around a mythology. Well, there's nothing
0: else to do with it. The entire world around us is simply a narrative of our own design.
2: Could you explain to me what exactly And in mine, that means? I am the hero. I am oh. the strongest.
0: I am the smartest and the fastest. And none can beat me in single you combat.
2: Yeah, okay, okay. Um I I get you. I get you. Uh but I can hear your wife laughing. Yeah, she's um, trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, so you think you're the fastest. Are you trying to just avoid every truth?
0: <laughs> what is truth?
2: Well, that's a question I would ask you. For me, and not just for me, I think absolutely it's the bible the bible is the truth and is the very foundation of truth right. but yeah, like
1: you sound like ben shapiro
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's not oh, wrong <laughs> <laughs> ben shapiro goes anime um <laughs> anywho um, so it's the very it's it's not just the it's not just truth which i've i think i've already demonstrated you've just all right i guess i haven't given proof proof but um is <laughs> a very foundation of truth uh itself now like what i mean by that is uh the way um a divine god which i think it's the only the god in the bible uh gives to us because he's the only God. Um, Hold on a second. It's not that hard. My brain's just slow right now. So, um, it's when I say the Bible is the very foundation of truth, what I mean by that is that since uh, it's, uh, it's, self, uh, it's internally consistent, both in, or in its theology, which it provides for us, um, and in its internal consistency, it also offers us a divine, immaterial, um, basically above all. Uh, set of rules and not just rules but morals and def and foundational truths which we can hold on to and not just hold on to but which are true in itself for the entirety of um well this world and this universe so uh, that's what i mean by it is truth itself and is the only possible explanation uh for things to be true but what what do you have that is true well i
0: i i have another possible explanation you are an agent of my rival you've been sent here to sabotage my work and my efforts that's what's really happening i see through your lies
2: so I, <laughs> no, I, I i have no way to respond to that because this
0: guy morning. is not very smart um because he's neither am i <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> the kids i hung out with in high school um <clears throat> no th- this is one is not well no this one is a real person there are people like this because they never got out of it from high school and they think that they are the protagonists of an anime and will behave in this fashion. Not as, again, what? I I, I, I was ha- being hyperbolic. True. But they will absolutely
2: do it. There are
0: real people like this.
2: There's real people that frame their entire lives as a protagonist to an anime.
0: Yes. Because that's all they watch. I mean, like, you're discipled by the things that you consume in some way or another if you don't filter it. And that's all they do. They... And, and so they start to narrate their own life in the same manner and interpret it that way. Like, so it, think about the, the incel movement where these men are so, uh, if you don't know what that is, it's short for involuntary celibate. And they, they see women as their enemy simply because they've been rejected so many times by them. Um, and so the way that they've narrated their oh. own life is that these women owe oh, me because I, I'm the main character I'm the hero I'm the protagonist and so they should just like in the movies and in the games and in the shows they should be flocking to me whenever I approach them they should just concede to my advances um and it's absurd but that's yeah like but there are grown men who believe that and where do they get it from they get it from the culture that's what it teaches them that kind of thing to, to think
2: that way well, maybe they um, don't live in Japan.
0: Yeah, they probably won't talk the way I was talking necessarily. That like, they're probably not going to challenge you to a you know katana duel. But
2: hey, once you got asthma, you're inside for the entire summer. So, <laughs> I'm gonna watch the anime.
0: Um, yeah, I didn't have a response to what you were saying from the beginning. I mean. The Richard Carrier's a joke, and everyone knows it. Um, I was just citing him because that's they'll they'll cite people like Hitchens or Carrier, because I was I was being an internet atheist, but one who is not just the internet atheist, but has also absorbed the other things that usually circle around that, which is like gamer culture and anime stuff, and yeah. So that was the
2: anyway. Um, on a more serious note i I don't think I said the I feel like I didn't say Thomas, the, did you found,
3: the
2: keep going She's. no you were married to a British person <laughs> <laughs> must have been a nightmare <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um uh, the uh i I didn't think I did a really good job I think I did a bad job on the uh talking about the foundation of truth because I stuttered a lot and kind of minced a lot of my words what is what what would you critique about that uh probably the over over
0: explanation so and remember so one thing to, to remember about the foundation for truth is not the fact that we have a bible but the fact that we have a god who has spoken in the bible so that's an important distinction to make because if you just go The foundation for truth is Bible. Full stop. Nothing else. That's easy. That's an easy target for them to sling mud at. But if you say something like, "Because the Bible is not the precondition for intelligibility, the God who speaks in it is." So, again, it's for the world to be knowable, for the world to, for for us to know anything about truth, about the objective world around us, to have objective truth, then. There has to be this God, this God who has made the world and spoken and has given a grounding for us to trust things like our sense experience, things like um, reason, things like that. In order to trust those things, there needs to be a creator who has designed it in such a way that it's reliable and one that can sustain a world that consists of the diversity and unity that exists in ours. Um, that ends up being the triune God of Scripture. But you don't know that the world is knowable unless the one who made it lets you know that it is. <laughs> Until then, you have no way to verify the knowability of it. So that's, that's the, the the way that the trap works, especially on the atheist, is you're very confident that these things are myths, that that you've got, that you're right, that God doesn't exist. Well, you shouldn't be so confident in your own knowledge about the world. Um, you should be in full skeptical subjectivism. Be, and here's why. And I don't have to be, because the God who has made the world to be known has spoken and said you can know it. Okay. That's the that's the foundation. So that that's the shorthand way. That that last way to say it is probably the most shorthand way to say it that makes. That, that still communicates all the fancy things in a very concise way. I would, see, it even took me a long time to over-explain a bit to get there. So don't feel bad about it. It, it is an extremely complex idea to be something that is so critical and crucial. Um, it is a complex idea because we're talking about the foundation of knowledge. That's going to be a complex idea no matter what. Um,
2: but... So then, like, and the atheist wouldn't be able to say that because they'd say, oh, we're just, uh, Adam's fizzing. I like, masks Bumping into each other. Type yeah, of and at
0: that point, I mean, with, like, the guy you're talking to, it's like, well, you have no objective criteria. Besides, uh, you, you're using yourself as a standard to judge my tastes in games and anime <laughs> and, um. And like manipulating your friends is wrong. You shouldn't do that. Stop it. Like you've got all kinds of ways you can be like to bring the word of God to bear on the things that he has said that are wrong. So like you're using yourself as a standard, but you're an insufficient standard for these things. Even for evaluating the 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 quality of something, you need something, a standard outside of yourself to say, that's good. That's bad. Um. <laughs>
2: that's bad <laughs> sorry yeah um, four-letter word and then a three-letter word yet it's so complicated right
0: <laughs> so Thank yeah you. but um sorry you got a bit of a we, we're both a little bit brain dead. as we say you're brained, i figure i give you a bit of a joke one to
2: yeah yeah i, I get it my every time i've been like I, every time I stand up or sit down for the past like four days, I get like a massive headache and my Ooh. stomach. And yeah, it's stinky. Anywho, appreciate yeah, it. I'll... I'll move back to the audience.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, Boneless, you have to go back and listen to it. I did the anime thing that you suggested, so you have to go back and listen to the recording. Boneless I didn't even get <laughs> hi, <Molly. laughs> He says hi. She, yeah she was suffering listening to me the whole time
3: um, homeless, homeless society? I can yeah. hear the animosity <laughs> towards me it's like,
0: she never talked to me like that before I could hear just the deep ink right. well we're done